Drunk Dietitians is co-hosted by your favorite tipsy registered dietitians, Sammy Previtt, owner of Fine Food Freedom, and Jenna Warner, owner of Happy Strong Healthy. These dietitian besties can't stand diet culture bullshit and love keeping it real. Their mission is for all humans to believe that they were made for so much more than chasing a smaller body. They are also here to share with you that food can be fun and pleasurable again. Although these ladies are medical professionals, they are human too. They are not afraid to share their deepest, darkest secrets and how years of their lives were taken by diet culture. They started this podcast so no human has to feel alone in their journey towards food freedom. So grab your favorite cocktail and join Sammy and Jenna for a casual happy hour and expect to laugh, cry, learn, and grow. Cheers. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Drunk Dietitians. I'm smiling. I am so informed. There was so much information shared in this episode, and I'm pumped to share Doc Britt Fit with all of you who just literally saved my life when I found out I was pregnant. (laughs) She was one of the first people that I told because she posted something literally that day about fitness and pregnancy and this and that, and it would like read my mind after a doctor doctor's appointment I had that like deflated my excitement balloon about (laughs) the expectations of fitness and pregnancy and the lack of information. And we covered all of that today so that any of you who are thinking about getting pregnant, who might currently be pregnant, who maybe have had children and have questions about this, like Brittany is incredible and a wealth of knowledge on this topic. Yes, I could not agree more. And just like I said later in the episode, like this is information that we should be learning from the day that we get our period, but nobody talks about just like when we've had Tracy on here previously and, and Dr. Stacy and other like gynecologists or dietitians that, you know, specialize in fertility. And so it's, it was so interesting to kind of have this other perspective just specifically about fitness and rest and how to implement it in a way, whether it's pre postpartum or during pregnancy, just being able to um, really take this tactical information and apply it to, again, just like nutrition though, super individualized. So this, (laughs) you know, this is more educational purposes (laughs) only, but, um, but I still think it's, it's a much, much, much needed conversation. There's just no information on this anywhere. And I think that was really the theme. Um, You know, I, when I knew, when I found out that I was pregnant, you know, being a health professional, you think, you know, things I worked on the maternity floor in a hospital. Like I don't know anything. Okay. Because we don't learn this stuff. We don't take an interest in it until we need to Um, maybe. Right. And that's super individualized as well. And so I think that just having a reference and a resource and Brittany shares a bunch of resources that were helpful for her. In addition to her course that will be launched by the time this episode airs um, that I'm actually signed up for and thrilled to just get more knowledge for from as well um and we could do another episode on pregnancy brain because i can't speak sentences like i used to so bear with me people um but (laughs) that being said um unless you want to share anything else sam i feel like we should just get right into it 
Welcome back everyone to Drunk Dietitians. I am so excited. We're smiling. We're laughing. We've had all the internet problems already to go through to ensure that this is going to be the best episode ever because we have Dr. Brittany Masteller, which I have this written out phonetically, so I didn't mess it up. Did I do this? <laughs> Here with us, you probably know her as Doc Brit Fit on Instagram. She is a sensation and the best, and I'm going to read her bio straight from her her words because it's so perfect. Brittany is an educator, a fitness coach, and a mom of a beautiful seven-month-old baby. She has a PhD in kinesiology and a passion for helping women and families live healthy and fulfilled lives through evidence-based fitness education. She's basically a unicorn. I added that in. Um, Brittany is a certified pre- and postnatal fitness coach and uses her online platform to spread honest motherhood moments and how to safely approach exercise during and after pregnancy. And I truly mean this, like you're a unicorn because this information doesn't exist. <laughs> Anywhere. So welcome. We're so excited. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes. So we, before we get into any, you know, detailed questions with you, we usually will do a this or that. So just to kind of get to know you a little bit sure. better. Okay. So first up, coffee or tea? Coffee. Perfect. Wine or beer? <laughs> wine. What kind of wine? I always like to ask, go a little deeper. I prefer red wine. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, vodka or tequila? Vodka. That was a quick, quick answer. Any bad stories with tequila we should know about? Or... Doesn't, doesn't everyone have a bad story with tequila? <laughs> everyone except for Sam. Really? Only, only because I didn't drink it in college. So now I can drink uh, it. And you guys probably... went to Penn State, so. That's yeah. it. Brittany's from Belfont. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So you get, you understand. Um, Okay. So Netflix and chill or night out on the town? <laughs> Netflix and chill. Awesome. Snow or sand? Sand. Awesome. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Smooth. Ooh, yes. This is, a, this is a, this is a, Jenna, I feel like all of the guests that you've invited on choose smooth and, and, and I choose smooth and vice versa um, with crunchy. Uh, and then last one here, if you could have anything in the world and limitless quantities, but it can't be money, what would it be and why? Hmm. Time. Love that. That's a perfect answer. Yeah. <laughs> Is that? That's yeah. Perfect. Oh yeah. You it's can very go philosoph <laughs> Yeah. Philosophical with it. It doesn't have to be literal. My um, my other my other option was going to be athleisure. Where yes. I would be with you on that one as well. <laughs> that is very on brand of you. Both. Yeah. So before we get into some really amazing stuff, it's can you share with all of our listeners just a little bit more about you and what brought you into this very specific specialty or niche that is really untapped? <laughs> yeah. So um, I I was pregnant with my first baby and, um, I've been into fitness for years for, you know, over a decade. I have, I mean, my degrees are in exercise science and I've been in the fitness world for a long time, but before I was pregnant, I never really looked for fitness information that was related to pregnancy. There's, you know, even in like personal training certifications and stuff, unless you get a specialty certification, there's very little 
covered in general, which was astounding to me when I became pregnant because I had so many questions. Um, so I, I, I compete in bodybuilding. I compete in strongman. And when I got pregnant, I had just been prepping for a strongman competition. So I actually did a strongman competition pregnant before I knew. <laughs> And then I was so freaked out. I was like, what, like, what am I allowed to do? What is safe? Like, did that hurt the baby? And meanwhile, I was like two weeks pregnant. It was not, it was fine. But, um, yeah, I had so many questions. And then when I went to my doctor, she was basically like, just continue doing what you're doing. And I was like, uh, do you know what straw man is? Like, I don't really think that is okay. Like, <laughs> I actually don't think that's good advice. I mean, I'm slamming implements up against my body. Like, <laughs> she just had no really idea about exercise, which now looking back, I understand that it's not, you know, not all doctors do. She was very positive and like wanted me to continue exercising, but really couldn't, didn't have any advice for me. So, and the more I looked around, the more I realized like everyone I knew in fitness didn't really know anything about training pregnant women. Like they basically were just modifying what they were doing and that's okay to an extent, but if that's all you're doing with no real knowledge of what happens to your body during pregnancy, you're really doing a disservice to the people you're training. So, um, long story short, I ended up getting, uh, I went through the girls gone strong, which I highly recommend if anyone's interested in a pre and postnatal certification, they have an amazing certification that, you know, their board is full of OBGYNs, fitness professionals, like very qualified people, uh, pelvic floor, physical therapists, things like that. So I did my certification through them while I was pregnant. Um, and just kind of the rest is history, I guess, because I, I, I just realized that, you know, I had, I had just started my doctorate fit account about a year ago and I, you know, sought out some accounts and now I've found a lot more, but before really like seeking them out, the only thing I saw was, you know, pregnant, like fitness influencers who, influencers who got pregnant posting what they did. That was really the extent of it but I had no idea like why they were doing it. Like, is it safe for me to do that? Like there was no education behind it. So now that I found some more accounts and had the education myself, I'm like, this needs to be more talked about if we really want to advance, you know, the world of pregnancy and postpartum fitness, because no one's, it's not, it's not so in your face that it's easy to find. You have to really search for it. The only thing you see is hashtag fit preg or fit pregnancy or fit mom or whatever it is, yeah. which is fine, but yeah. you don't know who these people are, right? right? Or like what their information is. And you actually posted this, I think either today or yesterday, um, just because a fitness influencer is pregnant or postpartum and exercising a certain way does not mean they know how to instruct you to exercise safely. Like that's such a huge point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's true of, you know, any fitness influencer, but especially when you're pregnant and postpartum, like it's, it, it's fine to share information, but you know, if you don't, if you're not qualified to be instructing someone else and you don't know a lot of the things in pregnancy that happen or postpartum because they didn't happen to you. And that's the only thing you're going by is your own personal experience. You're, it's, you're doing a disservice to everyone. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I really believe that. And, and a lot of that is because that was only, the only thing I saw before was, you know, these accounts with hundreds of thousands and millions of followers who are just posting their workouts that they're doing when they're pregnant. And I'm sure other people who are pregnant then are like, oh, this fitness influencer like is doing this. Like, I'm just going to do what they do, which might be okay, <laughs> but it might not be okay. And there's no like reasoning behind it if you're just showing what you're doing and not educating with that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is like flooding. Sam, do you want to go first? <laughs> well, I was just, I mean, it, I feel like so many, I love having fitness professionals on our podcast because so much of it parallels with diet culture, right? Oh, because yeah. it's the same thing as a, a fashion influencer showing us what she eats in a day and telling other people to eat that way. Like, yes. no, honey, like yes. we aren't doing that here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so, and then also just thinking about diet culture and the messages for pregnant or postpartum, um, so many of my clients, right, you're inundated with how to get your body back. We should not be focusing on how to get our body back. We just had a baby. Like, mm -hmm. That's such an amazing, strong, beautiful thing. And your body will never be the same mm -hmm. after what it just went through. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just carried a child. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have your Instagram pulled up here and the one that really stuck out to me, it's a, a beautiful picture of you. And it says pregnant and postpartum women deserve communities that prioritize real issues and not how to avoid stretch marks, which were literally something that was made <laughs> up by the, the beauty industry. I had just posted that the other day yeah. um, as a air quotes problem. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, <sighs> So, so happy that we have you on here because I think it needs to be heard by so many. Yeah. I mean, I, I've sensed that. I, and I think, you know, I still post a lot about pregnancy, even though I'm not longer pregnant, but I'm in the postpartum part. And the amount of messaging that's sent that's, you know, like you said, lose the baby weight, uh, you know, all those things that honestly just don't really matter that much when you're at least in my experience and I think a lot of other mothers experience this as well and just don't haven't talked about it as openly but you know there's a lot of things about new motherhood for me that far take precedence over you know stretch marks and you know other weight and dieting like it just I just feel like there this is not the time and I've I've posted that before I said like at the beginning of the year I posted how like I'm not dieting or anything this year at all like 2020 no dieting for me and it was like my most shared post most like engaged post ever and it was just a picture of my belly and my like newborn's legs hanging over it and it was just talking about how the this before sometimes even before you have the baby people are already like what are you going to do to lose the baby weight and there's so many things wrong with that. And I just, yeah. it just, makes me so yeah. angry. I'm like, oh, why? Are, I mean, uh, it's diet the, culture. Yeah, it, it always. Diet culture, that's all it is. Yeah. It, it, it's, <laughs> oh, there's you saying this message and then you have these influencers talking about how they're, they're going to fix their hormones after giving birth because that's why they can't lose their weight. Like, or maybe you just had a baby and your priorities have changed. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so hard. I mean, it's, yeah. 
there are things too. I don't know if it's something that you've experienced, but I mean, thinking too about just like the changes in your body that they, that your body goes through and like, you're experiencing this firsthand for the first time. And you have people saying to you like, Oh, but it's so beautiful. You're creating life. But on the inside, you're feeling like, what the fuck is happening inside my body? Oh, right? yeah. Like, that's yeah. also something that I feel like nobody talks about. Yeah. I had, I mean, I, I'm pretty open about the fact that I did not love being pregnant. I was not, I, I didn't have a particularly bad experience as far as like symptoms and stuff like that, but I just, I felt really limited to what I could do physically, and I just didn't, it just, you don't feel like yourself completely, obviously, because you're growing life, which, like you said, it's a very beautiful thing, but at the same time, there's a lot of duality in your emotions there, because you can be very, very grateful and happy that you're bringing life into the world, and also be very uncomfortable and anxious, and you can experience both, and only one gets talked about, Mm. so, um, then you start feeling like, why do I feel like this? Is there something wrong with me that I am not like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies for me. And I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of women just feel pressure to, you know, just basically, you know, shut up and be happy because you're pregnant. And it's, there's a lot of components there. There's a lot of things to think about. And that's something else that I just did not no, before I got <laughs> pregnant. And I have a ton of pregnant friends and, you know, I just felt like, I just felt like I was rethinking everything. Like when they were pregnant or when they've done things, I'm just like thinking back and I'm like, oh my God, like you did that when you were pregnant? Like, how did you do that? Or like, you know, like how did you listen to my stupid stories when you had, a, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh man, I was really ignorant to like what this really was. And um, yeah, so it was a lot of a lot of learning and a lot of unlearning, I guess, too. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm gonna drop a huge bomb right now because the reason I connected so much with Doc Britt Fit, um, I feel like we are not calling you Dr. Brittany right now, <laughs> so I'm gonna say that <laughs> is you know, so I am currently 10 weeks pregnant, and I saw Brittany's post about um, her course for prenatal nutrition, I'm sorry, prenatal fitness. And the moment I found out, I mean, I'm an an active person. I had a page full of questions about what I can do, what about my heart rate, what's right, what's wrong, like all of these things. And there was every post I found on the web, on websites that I was searching contradicted itself. Nothing against my doctor, but on my appointment to confirm that I was pregnant, my doctor said, just don't do anything new. And I was like, but I've technically done everything. So what does that mean? And then he said, don't get breathless. And so now I'm working out and I'm like, am I breathless? What's my heart rate? Like freaking out and adding more stress to myself. And so I reached out to Brittany and I was like, when is this course coming? I'm signing up. And oh, by the way, can I talk to you? Because like, there's no one to talk to about these topics. Nobody gets it. And I mean, it's just, it's such a shame that there's no space to find, you know, valid information, but that's why I'm so grateful that, you know, we now have a safe place to refer people to because you are such a gift. I mean, like there's literally no information on this. (laughs) It's really, I mean, I, 
I've, I've found, you know, some great accounts and I can share those with you too. I don't know if you guys have like show notes or anything, but I, mm-hmm. I have like some, especially yeah. like pelvic floor physical therapists I post a lot about pregnancy and postpartum. They're very reputable. Um, I have a couple of friends who do coach women like one-on-one. I don't do one-on-one coaching. Like my new program is like a group coaching program, but because it is so hard. So I like to have those, those like, like accounts ready to give people because if you really are interested in learning or you become pregnant and you want to like read all of the things, I want people to be reading things that are evidence-based and not, you know, some random, you know, blog that anyone could have written, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, I'm happy to, you know, continue to spread more awareness for this. It's funny because now that I'm so in it, I feel like a lot of the people in my circle do talk about it because that's the circle that I'm in, right? Right. <laughs> but then I'll talk to someone who's not in the world of fitness or maybe not even on Instagram really. And they still, it's still very much not talked about. So, um, yeah, I think it's really important. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we should just use this as since I am not pregnant and have not spared a child, I feel like we should use this as a personal consultation for Jenna. <laughs> because Jenna, you have your list of questions, I'm sure, ready to rapid fire. And then I just think that would be such a great use of time. I just think it's so, I mean, I just think it's so interesting, right? So there's a, a bunch of different things. And what you said about the duality of emotions is so real. And I actually just signed up for supervision with um, a body image, physical, uh, per mental, mental health coach. What is yeah. the title? She's a body yeah, image a therapist. therapist. Yeah. Um, and so I was in a course with her last week and she was talking about that same idea that we can have a positive and negative thought competing in our brain at the same time, which until you just said that about what's happening in my body right now, it's like so real that that just gives me so much like validation. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, but yeah. the truth of the matter is, is like, what does it mean? Don't do anything new. And like, what does it mean? I mean, as far as being breathless, like I get that, but as your body changes and goes through these changes, I mean, I have hip pain. I'm only 10 weeks. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have hip pain that I've never had before. And my husband, who's a yoga instructor or teacher, um, he's like, well, from what I've read, you know, your hips are doing well. And I'm like, well, what? Like now, like yeah. right now, like, I don't yeah. understand. And so I don't even know where to go and read some of that information. So that question was about 15 questions, but my real question is, what does it mean when, you know, you start the process of understanding your body in pregnancy? What is safe, air quotes? Yeah, so um, the recommendation of not to do anything new, I think is slightly outdated and sometimes misused because depending on the person, that may or may not be true. So I think about you know, not you necessarily, Jenna, but someone else who maybe didn't participate in any physical activity before they got pregnant. It used to be said, like, pregnancy is not the time to start being physically active. And that has since been, 
you know, that statement has got out the window because now we know that any amount of physical activity, even starting during pregnancy, as long as it's, you know, an appropriate volume and an appropriate exercise is still going to be beneficial. So I think that recommendation more so comes from that. Um, so it's the same thing when you start a regular fitness journey. If you go from not being active at all and then go into a super high intensity group training class, that's like going from zero to 150 miles per hour in a second. So, you know, we want to avoid the, like the extremes, I would say. Um, as far as not doing anything new, I would say mode of exercise, that might be what the people refer to, but I even think that that's not necessarily true because if you weren't strength training before you were pregnant and you're incorporating it, I would encourage people to incorporate it while they're pregnant. It can be totally safe to do so, but you aren't going to be maxing out your deadlift. So it, it kind of exists on a continuum, I guess. And I think that's one reason why doctors have a lot of trouble giving recommendations because you can't use the same recommendation for everyone. And if you're a doctor who is unfamiliar with exercise, which it can be kind of outside of their scope of practice, then they may not have good advice for you, which is why I think like after that whole thing happened and I was pregnant, when I got my certification, I brought my business cards to my midwife's office because <laughs> if the, if people have questions, I want them to be able to be like, you know, this is kind of outside of my scope of practice, but like here is someone who specializes in this, who is a trainer who can answer all of your questions. So, uh, it's really individualized to make a long story short, but that's kind of where that recommendation came from is that it used to be considered unsafe. It makes sense too. And it's funny because I used to work out in a group fitness setting. And one of the women that I worked out with is amazing. She was pregnant with her second and she knew, or she was like known in this space as like, she ran like a sprint on the treadmill and then like gave birth like four hours later. Like that was like her birthing story. And so I think about that cause that was really my only exposure to like fitness mm -hmm. and pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I like, I was telling Brittany this before, like I went for a run yesterday, like normal paced, very slow. And I'm like watching my heart rate. I'm like, am I breathless? Oh my God, I'm stealing air from the baby. Like happening. Yeah. I was like a full-blown panic. I call my mom in hysterics and she's like, it's really nice that you're thinking about like for two right now, like whether you realize it or not, like you're not just putting your own needs first. And I was like, does that make me selfish before? Like access like beyond the emotions and hormones are just out oh, yeah. of control. Yeah. The <laughs> thinking about, you know, feeling selfish. Or, I, I totally get that. I experienced <laughs> that as well. And the breathlessness is a, is a symptom of pregnancy, obviously. Oh <laughs> so yeah, I was just saying, I, so I teach an online class and, um, in the fall when I was like, I was due in November. So I was like seven, eight months pregnant ish when I was recording all of my online lectures. And I've listened to one back like in the spring and I'm like I remember recording them and getting like out of breath talking <laughs> and it's so hard it's it's really hard so I think everyone experiences that differently and yes you want to avoid that like exercise induced breathlessness because that normal like being having difficulty breathing and stuff happens and then if you place you know, some form of exercise on top of that, where your, your body is working at a higher capacity, 
that you want to avoid. But that might change even day to day. Like something might be fine and then you might go up the stairs and be like, oh my God, like, (laughs) you know? So, and I, I, you know, one of the things that I heard a lot was just like, listen to your body. Right. That was the advice. And I'm like, That's bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, what the, what the fuck does that mean? I don't understand what that means because to me, I'm used to training at a really high intensity. I'm used to training really hard. If it were up to me to just listen to my body, like I would push past the limit to which I should. Mm-hmm. And I definitely like flirted with that a couple of times when I was pregnant before I really, before I finished, like before I got my certification and like knew more about what intensity to be training at. So Jenna, you mentioned like measuring heart rate. Yeah. And one of the things that they talk about in the certification that I took is uh, using RPE. So the rating of perceived mm. exertion. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's yeah. basically a scale from one to 10. Um, and, you know, 10 being like, I could not do any more of this and one being extremely easy. And when you're pregnant, you really don't want to be going more than like a six or a seven. And if I would have known that earlier, it would have helped me so much because that's how I'm used to judging the difficulty of my training, especially with lifting. Um, because I knew lifting was safe and everything. Like obviously once you get past a certain point, certain movements are unsafe. Um, just because you could physically like hit your belly. Um, but certainly operating at an intensity that's, you know, not maxing out, but that's still hard. An RPE of six to seven is still like not easy. You know, I'd say it's like moderately hard. Um, I think, you know, getting information like that out there to like help women understand what intensity they should be operating at should be really helpful because listening to your body can be It can be helpful sometimes for people who are in tune with their body, but for women who are just kind of learning that as, as, as a part of pregnancy and they're new to exercise, like there are a lot of factors, right? So it doesn't work for everyone to just be like, oh, just listen to your body. Um, Because like we already talked about, there are so many like factors there, anxiety and fear and all those things come into play as well. And like, let's just not forget to mention that your food intake is really not normal during these first couple weeks. Yeah. I literally have been living off of dairy and carbs. Yeah. (laughs) Like nothing tastes better than pizza, mac and cheese, melted cheese on anything. Like that is what stays down too. So from an energy perspective of like quick energy, sure, I have plenty of carbs, but I'm not having like staying power right now. Yeah. There's not a lot of protein happening. No, no. And I said that to you. I, I, I had a really bad aversion to pretty much every protein source that I would normally eat was like, what made me want to vomit. So like my protein intake was like just, and so that affects your, you know, there are so many things. So I ate a lot of cottage cheese because I could down that. Yes. I like and that. I had protein. Right now too. <laughs> yeah. but, like I still can't eat chicken. I said that I like still can't really cool. eat chicken breast. And I used to eat that, you know, multiple times a week. So, you know, I just, it, and everyone experiences that differently. I have friends who never had any type of sickness, any aversions, any nothing. They just were basically like felt pretty normal their entire pregnancy. And that happens. Not to me, but it does happen. (laughs) 
Hopefully for you, Sam. That could be. Yeah, Sam, maybe I you'll hope be one for of you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll knock on wood. Maybe okay. I'll, I'll get lucky. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. love this conversation because I was talking with a friend um, this weekend who they have an 11 month old and she was just sharing, you know, being a new mom and, and everything that comes along with it. And we were laughing about how, like, when we go to college and when we, like, learn things specifically, and I think Jenna might agree with this with our career. And I know for you, Brittany, like, you're like, I didn't have this information and I was a trainer. Like, we don't learn what we need to get us through life. Like, <laughs> like, no, I never, like, right now, every single thing that I'm doing for my career, none of it was taught yeah. to me in college. Like, yeah. zero. Like, <laughs> literally zero. If anyone goes back and listens to episode one of Jenna and I's college experience, as you said, Brittany with Penn State, that's pretty much all we learned. Yeah. So I think about that same thing, like, as you know, for women who decide that they want to have children at some point in their life, whether it's, you know, if we have, we have a lot of listeners who aren't pregnant, but are saying, yeah, like someday I want kids. Like mm -hmm. this information is so pertinent and so, it's so important because nobody, like we've kind of, that's been like a theme of this episode that nobody talks about this. Mm -hmm. And like, this is stuff we should have been learning mm -hmm. for years. So when you get pregnant, you don't have to ask your 80 year old male doctor what you should be Literally. doing. <laughs> and he looks at you like, like those answers that you yeah. said, Jenna, right? Like yeah. this should be something that we know. Um, and it, so yeah. that's, that's just kind of where my head is at with all of this. It's just, it's so great to be able to have all these resources from you and, and be able to point people to your page, to your course, to your website, um, where like people should be learning about this from like when we get our period, right? Like why do right. we get our period? And then what's that end goal if it's having kids and everywhere in between? And yeah. Yeah. You have phases too. So Brittany has prenatal mm -hmm. postpartum and then fit for life, like for the busy mom aspect, like mm -hmm. I can't even imagine what that phase is going to look like. And I mean, just to know that there's like a progression there and, you know, a way to have resources throughout it all is so invaluable. And I mean, the amount of misinformation out there too, or people's personal experiences that have now been shared as facts is crazy. I was eating, um, fro there was, that first like week or so that I had found out before I went to the doctor to get the confirmation, I couldn't stomach anything. I was eating a ton of frozen fruit because it was hot and it felt good. And I was eating frozen pineapple by like the cup. And my mom texted me and she was like, don't eat pineapple. There's bromelain in it and it can cause stillbirth. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Like that's all I'm eating. So I'm like Google searching everything. Like, what do you mean? I was, I worked on the maternity floor in a hospital for nine months. I've never heard this before. And I found one article that was like in serious cases where you eat like 14,000 pounds of pineapple apple like yeah like the problem <laughs> but like this is the information I was literally taking a bite out of the pineapple as I'm reading this <laughs> oh yeah just so insane and then the only other thing that I was thinking about as you were talking before is like my doctor telling me 
not to run in the second and third trimesters because you don't want the baby to like, it's just not great. Right. But I run all the time normally. And then I think about the only other education I have, please don't judge me. is like sex in the city when she (laughs) gets pregnant and she's like, but your doctor said you're a runner and you should run. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Competing information is just insane. Yeah. I think you know, it's hard. It's good to have like pointed sources that you can go to to find out some of this stuff because because of that. And I think too, there's in my experience a lot of because I, I I'm a competitive bodybuilder. I compete in you know athletic things, so I follow a lot of uh, athletes. And the other end of this is doing everything as normal. So training at the intensity that you were before you got pregnant because it's like a badge of honor or something. Like I want to maintain my this amount of strength or whatever while pregnant as almost – that's more of like an ego-driven thing. And that is also unsafe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want people to exercise during pregnancy, but I want them to do it safely that is that means like no you shouldn't be doing barbell cleans bringing a barbell right up your body whenever you're nine months pregnant because that's not safe the barbell could smack your belly and cause damage do you know what i mean so i've seen it go both ways Mm -hmm. um people over exercising and wanting to just keep doing what they're doing um while pregnant and i actually when i posted that what you shared earlier about like not just blindly following pregnant fitness influencers. Someone messaged me basically saying like, you know, (laughs) they, they're a fitness enthusiast and you know, they, they like that exercising during pregnancy is more out there in the world because then people know that it's safe. And, you know, I got a lot of shit for exercising when I was pregnant because people didn't think it was safe. And, it may have been, but if you were exercising when you were pregnant and doing things that you shouldn't be doing, that's still a disservice to pregnant women because they're going to think that that is okay when really it was okay for you because nothing bad happened, but that's not the recommendation based on the evidence. So, you know, I just like to say that too, because it goes both ways and I've seen it go both ways. And I think we just have to be careful because one, not everyone is an athlete. Not everyone is, you know, competing in CrossFit. Like I see, I see it a lot with uh, CrossFit athletes, I think, because um, I don't know. I just feel like CrossFit's really popular. So I see a lot of pregnant women continuing to do CrossFit and be like, this is safe. And yes, it is safe to an extent, but you still, there are still things you want to be aware of no matter what you're doing when you're exercising, when you're pregnant or, you know, right after you had a baby when you're early postpartum. So we're talking a lot about, of course, exercise with pregnancy. What are your recommendations on rest? With pregnancy? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. I think it's, I know this is a, a nuanced saying, but the listen to your body thing is going to be really important because, so this is how I program for the busy mom blueprint because, uh, it is, it varies a lot. So for the prenatal program, I have two full body strength days per week. They can be, they're all, they're both full body so that if you want to do more, you can do one of the days twice. 
But if you're having a bad week when you just feel like shit and all you're doing is throwing up and you can't, you just don't feel like exercising, it's not a big deal if you just do one week or you miss it. So that's, there has to be some flexibility in there, I think. I, I do think like white knuckling your way through pregnancy and being like, I have to work out when you don't really feel like it's benefiting you or you just, you feel really nervous and you're like, I would just feel more comfortable if I, you know, didn't do anything like this until I have my 12 week ultrasound or whatever. It's really going to depend on what the person, I, I can give recommendations, but at the end of the day, I always like to tell people like, it really is up to you, but you should be aware of, you know, the benefits. You should be aware of everything that could happen because certainly even keeping up with cardiovascular training, um, during pregnancy is important. So going for, you know, running while you still can, uh, walking even. I know a lot of women find walking to be very beneficial. And that gets, just walking gets a little bit tougher once you, you know, have, a, you have more of a belly. So I'm not a big runner, so I didn't run a lot, but I did walk a lot when I was pregnant or like um, rode the bike or whatever. And then at a certain point, it just became really uncomfortable. But you know, I really do think it's up, up to the person and how they're feeling. Um, so in my program, I kind of give, I give those options and guide you with doing exercises safely because there are things that you want to look out for as you get, you know, further into your pregnancy that would be contraindications for exercising. So any type of, you know, bleeding from exercising, heavy bleeding, um, there are a number of things and certain women have conditions that medically from their doctor, they're told, you know, it's no longer safe to exercise. So it, it's going to vary widely, but by and large, you know, strength training multiple times per week, at least twice per week, uh, two to four days is what's recommended. Um, continuing cardiovascular training, pelvic floor exercises, which I had never even heard of that before Same. I was pregnant. <laughs> and it's like the most important thing. And I had never even heard of it. I was like, why? Because everyone told me like, oh, you just, after you have a baby, you just pee yourself. Like that is just what happens. And it's, you know, that's part of being a mom. You sneeze, you pee, you run, you pee. That's just like how it is. And I was like, that cannot be true. Like <laughs> that just, but it's so accepted in culture. I mean, they're like, it's so like, I feel like people who are our mom's age, who are older, that is just kind of like an accepted thing. Like, oh yeah, like I had three babies, so I pee myself. <laughs> and it doesn't have to be like that. And I was like, oh my God, I knew that it didn't have to be like that. And it doesn't. There are physical therapists who specifically focus on rehabbing your pelvic floor and, you know, addressing urinary incontinence, which is what that is. And if you want to fix it, which not everyone does, but I was like, I'd rather not be myself. Thank you. Um, <laughs> You know, there are things that you can do to prevent that and to, and if it does happen to you to address it, you aren't destined to a life of peeing your pants. I was never jumping rope ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I, I mean. I've had, I've trained people. 
I mean, I've trained tons of people over the years and I just never got it. I was like, oh, that really just must be a thing because everyone said that to me. So I didn't really question it. <laughs> they would avoid jumping or jumping rope or jumping jacks or whatever because they had kids. And I was like, oh, like, wow, that really sucks. But I had no idea. I was like, I, I was just ignorant. So... <laughs> You know, now I'm like, no, like, and I, I've, I think I've gotten like three or four of my friends and my sister who, who have had babies to go to see a pelvic floor physical therapist because of some sort of pelvic floor issue. That otherwise, <laughs> yeah, otherwise they just would have probably lived, like lived with that forever. You know, like when my sister went to the, to see her doctor to, to check for uh, pelvic or- organ prolapse because she was describing her symptoms to me and I was like I think you need a second opinion I think you need to go to another doctor because I'm pretty certain that you have pelvic organ prolapse and you know there's different grades of that but she did and when she was she went with a family member and when she was sitting there describing the, her symptoms to the doctor and stuff my family member was like I experienced all that too she was like 50 something my aunt who was with her so she's been living with that since she had her kid when she was 20 something and just accepted that as no that's the way it is and you know as long as you're making an informed decision like i'm all about autonomy but not knowing that that's not how it has to be is a problem so i think just you know telling telling people that because it is a kind of like oh he he like pelvic organ prolapse it's not like sexy but <laughs> I mean it's a real thing and it affects it affects exercise it affects your day-to-day life it affects you know uh, your sexual experiences it affects so many things that are important and to not talk about it does a serious disservice to women so um, I think just having conversations with your friends about some of this stuff and like that all my friends always send me like all the funny like things about pelvic floor and stuff I love that that's my reputation now is like I talk about pelvic floor health but I think it's so important and none of my friends talked about that Mm -mm. I literally haven't heard of it until I mean before this conversation but not that much before this conversation yeah Yeah. I mean let's just like call a spade a spade labor has got to be an like an athletic event (laughs) yeah yeah there are uh so uh, so I actually my my son was 10 days late oh my goodness so I was actually induced and um I ended up getting a c-section but I did go I was in labor for almost 48 hours and then when I wasn't progressing had a c-section but um yeah, it's something. A, a friend of mine actually has a... You're a superhero. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's something. I mean, I was honestly, I was really scared about the labor part. I know some women, like, that like kind of varies. I was really terrified because I was nervous about having to get a C-section. And... I did have to get a C-section. So in the end, I was like, well, it was right. I was rightfully nervous because that was my like worst fear confirmed. But um, yeah, so I think, you know, I did all the things, all the bouncing and all that stuff to like prepare. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, that's what needed to happen. I need, like, I, I had to get a C-section and it is what it is. But I think, you know, if, if, and when I have another child, I, I do think that I would 
do the same things again. I think prepping for birth is still important. Like if I hadn't done that and then still gone through everything that I did, I don't think I would have handled it as well physically for sure. Um, and I do know a couple of friends who have like entire like um, courses like in Sunny Jumpa about, um, you know, pre during pregnancy, how to prepare for physically for birth. Um, and that's fantastic. I wish I would have had that before. I was so grateful. <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have. She just came out with it like a last month, but I'm like, man, if I would have had this before I had Benji, I would have, I would have been so grateful, but definitely next time I bought the course for a friend that's pregnant and gave it to her because. Send me that info so I could buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, and she specializes in, you know, um, public floor health and preparing the body for pregnancy and healing postpartum as well. So if you're going to say it now, you're more than welcome to, and then we can put it in the show notes too. Yeah. So it's my friend, Julie, her Instagram handle is at strong body, strong mama, M-A-M-A. -M -A. Okay. Um, and she has a degree in exercise science as well. And, um, posts a lot of great information about that. So, um, yeah. The other account that I recommend is Expecting and Empowered. Mm. And that's that's an education account. That's not a person. I mean, it's two sisters who run it. One is a physical therapist, but um, that is a, not a, an influencer necessarily. It's just education. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think people enjoy both, right? Because I think, you know, me personally, I post a lot of information, but I also post like you know, how does this look in real life? Because after you have a baby too, one of the recommendations is, you know, so you'll, you'll hear from your doctor again, they'll be like, okay, it's been six weeks, like you're cleared to exercise. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's it. That's the only information you get. And for me, they didn't do any kind, the only thing they looked at was my C-section scar and for me at six weeks, it wasn't quite healed. So they wanted me to wait and come back. So, you know, I ended up going back at like eight and 10 weeks and then was, you know, allowed to start exercising again. But I still didn't really like, that's all the only thing that happened was time. They had, excuse me, no, like, I mean, there was, there's so much going on then mentally, emotionally, physically. The baby and like, you at six weeks. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and like, what do you do? And then, so a lot of, a, it's technically safe to start easing back in, but what I've seen some, you know, women do is at six weeks, they just start like back to exercising how they were before they were pregnant. And that can be really dangerous as well because your body is still healing. Right. So doing a lot of high impact, high intensity exercise really early in that postpartum period can maybe not immediately, but sometimes down the line can, you know, have serious implications physically. Um, you know, we see that a lot with running. So the recommendation for running is, you know, a lot of experts recommend not trying to run until you're at least three months postpartum which would be closer to 12 weeks versus six. So it's literally double the amount of time, <laughs> you know? So, oh. yeah. So there's they, a lot of, a lot of. You can have sex after six weeks too, which to me, I, I just can't imagine that being on the forefront. Yeah. Of and that's the same life. thing. And exactly. <laughs> there are so many factors like physically. Yeah. It might be like quote unquote safe, but it took me a lot longer to feel like I wanted to do that personally. And, <laughs> 
with anything they were just and same with working out like I was like I want to feel I want to work out to like feel empowered and feel energized but when you're not sleeping you may or may not be eating well or regularly like for me it was when my partner went back to work it was really hard to take care of the baby and take care of myself so I know I wasn't eating enough because I was like scrambling throughout the day trying to feed him and trying to make food like it was so hard so like you're not sleeping you're not eating (laughs) you just had a baby and you're like how the hell do I do this and then you're going to add another stressor of exercising and then a lot of women are also trying to lose weight so it's just so hard on your body and for so many different reasons. So that's why I'm, that's why I was so like strongly, like I am not worrying about dieting. Like that is not, that is not top of the priorities right now. Like uh-uh. <laughs> uh, this is so. a conversation every female, whoever is thinking about getting pregnant needs to hear. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah, and I'm definitely <laughs> met with some resistance with that. Like that's not the popular thing to say. It's very much still more popular to say, I want to lose this baby weight. Like, I need to get this off by X date. Like, and I just, I don't agree with that. And I, I feel I feel like I'm like yelling to an abyss. Like I feel like I'm I'm like I feel like I'm saying, I mean, you guys know because you talk about this as far for dieting. I feel like I'm yelling into the abyss and like no one's really listening to me yet. But I hope that if we all keep doing that eventually people will be like, oh, it doesn't have to be like this. Oh, really? I didn't know there was another way. Like, uh, you know, it's so. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head where you're saying, you know, postpartum, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, right? Self-care is down. If you try to add exercise component, um, distress management, all of that, right? Weight, for anybody listening, weight is not a behavior, period. Doesn't matter if you're pregnant. Doesn't matter if you're a man. Doesn't matter if you're a woman, (laughs) transgender, whoever you are, weight is not a behavior. So when we're saying we're not like, you don't need to focus on your weight. Like you said, full right to body autonomy, people, you have the right to want whatever you want. But when we're saying to not focus on weight loss, we have your health at our best interest because you can focus on behavior changes where whether it's mental mental physical emotional and those things will honor your body and help your body recover more than any diet or any quick fix weight loss plan where it'll probably end up spiraling you back to gaining more weight than you originally lost yeah yeah and i think you know whenever i created the wait list for my my program that i'm launching i included in the email a video of me kind of explaining what I what what it was and I was very clear that you know this is not a you know postpartum weight loss competition challenge this is not that (laughs) I I think you know exercise can be separate from weight loss and this is to help you resume exercise safely and to do things safely if if you want to on your own choose that weight loss is a goal of yours that I can't, I can't make you choose what you want, right? I can't, autonomy. However, 
my job is to promote the exercise part. This is not as a means to lose weight. This is to gain your strength back, to be able to hold your baby without getting sore, to walk around the house without your body aching. You know, though that is my goal with this. And I, I just tried to make that very clear because I know that some women before they even give birth are already feeling the pressure to mm. do that. And it's just not helpful. I think it just causes more stress. And so there's a way to solely incorporate exercise safely, you know, moderate amount of exercise because a lot of women are still breastfeeding, um, which exercise can impact that as well. So, you know, there are a lot of things to consider, but I think thinking, I think, I think that pregnancy and postpartum is the perfect opportunity to help women learn that exercise is not only a tool for weight loss. Because, I mean, especially during pregnancy, most women are just trying to be healthy for their baby. So, you know, that's a great time to, to learn more about yourself and kind of your intentions behind everything. I know for me, it was huge. Yeah. Um, so I just, you know, hope to help other women do that as well, learn that as well. So I love this so much. Tell I'm on the wait list right now. And I will be traveling through all three of your courses for sure. But tell our listeners um, who maybe are in any phase of those journeys or that journey where they can find you, this information and this course, which I'm super excited about. I will be yeah. your biggest fan once I'm <laughs> or your biggest promoter. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. So Sorry. So um, I hang out on Instagram the most. So at DocBritFit and the links to join the waitlist and the links to uh, join the program and everything are all on my, in my Instagram bio. So uh, all the information you need is there. I am launching it uh, this week and I, I'll launch and enrollment will be, you know, announced for the next round as well. So if you're interested, I, I don't know when this exactly is launching, but the wait list will always be open. If there aren't any current spots, you can get on the wait list. And when spots do open up, I'll shoot you an email. I'm so excited. I think yeah. we'll launch. I mean, I think that this is totally off topic and we can talk about this another time, Sam, in another episode, maybe just me and you, but the anxiety about this first month and, you know, the so much unknown is just really crazy. And so provided all goes well. I have a, an appointment with the, the nuchal testing in two weeks. And awesome. then after that is my plan to, to yeah. share it so I can stop um, hiding yeah. from all my friends and family. They're like, you want to hang out? I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm so thrilled for you. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I seriously cannot wait to start your program. And like you were that small conversation we had in the DMs, like you don't know how much that meant to me. And I was like at a super low where I was, I hadn't told anybody except for my mom and my husband, obviously. Uh, yeah. It was like to just be able to like share that I haven't eaten protein in seven days and like have <laughs> someone get it and make me feel so much better about it. Like yeah. you have no idea what that meant to me. So thank oh. you for that. Oh, thank you're so welcome. Time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just so excited. Thank you guys for having me. It was so fun to chat. <laughs>
Guys, thank you so much for listening and being here with us. I am virtually cheersing all of you. We absolutely love sipping on a cocktail with you and sharing as many nutrition tipsies as possible during this episode. We know there are a ton of pods out there, and we are so appreciative of your time that you spent listening to us today. Please be sure to check out the show notes for episode details and all of our guest information. We promise to keep bringing you the best and the most knowledgeable and fun guests we possibly can. Please be sure to subscribe, like, share, and post if you enjoyed our content today. And visit us on Instagram and Facebook at Drunk Dietitians to find out what is up next for us on the pod. We absolutely love you. We appreciate you and can't wait to spend more time cheersing with you soon.